Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey, everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. It is Thursday, October 22, 2020. We're six, seven, eight months or so into this pandemic, the coronavirus crisis. I'm thinking of you, wishing you well. Some of us are working from home. Some of us are in our offices, as is my guest, and you'll hear her talk about that a little bit in just a few minutes. She's talking to us from her office. I just want to say, point out that, hey, this is episode 114. I can't believe how many episodes I've recorded so far in since I started this podcast. Seems like it was just yesterday. Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. We're all about marketing and social media and related fields. But yes, hey, we digress. We go off on tangents from time to time. So again, this is Thursday, October 22. You'll be watching this and listening to this probably sometime next week. And my guest today, yes, let me introduce Amanda Beyer. Amanda works at Vecna Robotics in Waltham, Massachusetts. She's a marketing communications director there. Amanda, we haven't even met face-to-face until today, and it's mm-hmm. not in person, it's virtual. A friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours, said, mm-hmm. hey, talk to Amanda. And guess what I'm doing today? I'm talking to Amanda. Amanda, tell me about your background and anybody who's watching and listening to us. How are you doing today, first of all? Doing okay. I actually just got off of um, doing another hour and a half webinar where I was moderating questions. So it's been kind of a, a media heavy day. And right before that, I recorded a half an hour with our brand new SVP of sales. So um, I think there will be a lot of themes in our conversation around um, multimedia. <laughs> then you are in the zone. You are totally rehearsed and totally. primed and ready for, for 40, 50, maybe 60 minutes of, of talk about marketing and, and social media and who knows what. I, I said you're in the office, those who are watching mm-hmm. on YouTube or anywhere else watching this video, you obviously are in, it looks like an office to me, mm-hmm. uh, and versus my home office. You're in your company's office. Am I correct? That's right. Yep. Um, so I'm sitting here in our beautiful uh, boardroom. It's overlooking the uh, Waverly Oaks uh, wetlands area right behind me. So if you can see that, it's a beautiful day outside. Um, it is a beautiful day outside. I just snuck outside before we turned on the show to see what the weather was like. It's beautiful. And, and maybe before it gets dark today, I'll get out there for a little walk or maybe even a run, something I like to do. Tell us, Amanda, about your background, your journey, your career journey up until this point. That's a real open-ended question. The, the floor is yours, as they say. Um, well, first of all, um, thank you, Bob, for having me. And um, it's, it's a real pleasure to talk about my career journey. Um, because it's been so meandering. Um, I think, you know, when I was in college, I studied English and comparative literature, and I was always a very strong writer, and, um, you know, I love storytelling. And we were actually just talking right before we we hit record here um, about our time at UMass. When I was at UMass, uh, 
everybody would come up to me and say, so you want to be an English teacher? And I always said no, but I had no idea what careers were even possible with a liberal arts degree. Um, so I started my career, um, it was actually at the height of the, uh, the recession of, uh, was it 2008? Um, and jumped right into the legal department at Mass General Hospital. And um, that kind of corporate environment just was a little bit too big for me um, up there in the Prudential Center. And uh, so I wanted something that was kind of a little bit more, um, you know, smaller, tighter knit. Um, I grew up with, you know, my brother was an engineer and my dad's an engineer. Um, so I always knew that, you know, I liked the idea of building something, but myself not being technical, I didn't really know how I could bridge that gap. So um, luckily I, I applied for a role here at Vecna Robotics, um, which was then at that time Vecna Technologies. And, um, and I got the job as the executive assistant and office manager. And so that's kind of how I landed here. Um, and that was about 10 or 11 years ago now. Um, and so I kind of, you know, cut my teeth there. Um, and um, our, our founder and CEO, Daniel Theobald, has been very good to me over the years and has kind of coached me along. Um, and so now I find myself the director of marketing communications. Um, and if you do look at my, my LinkedIn, there is a bit of a break there where I took um, what I call a sabbatical um, to, to kind of explore another, another passion um, in health and wellness. So after that, came back um, and kind of just picked up right where I left off here at Beckman Robotics. Excellent. And, and yes, before I hit record, we talked for a few minutes and, and noted that we're both UMass Amherst grads, me just about 800 million years before you back <laughs> in the day. And um, my son is there now as a senior. I love you, Mass Amherst. My stepdaughter went there too. So mm -hmm. Mass Amherst is near and dear to my heart. I think it's a fantastic school. Love the campus, love the Amherst area. And I'm so glad we, we have that in common besides marketing. And the wellness thing is of interest to me too, Amanda. So don't let me not ask about that today. If you want to go down that road, I will steer the conversation, if you don't mind, towards marketing. It is a Let's marketing it. show. It's, it's my livelihood. I, I live, breathe, and, and work and play uh, marketing and social media, especially these days. I want to jump right into it, if you don't mind, and tell me Absolutely. what you do at Vecna Robotics and how marketing helps the business grow, helps you get the word out about uh, Vecna Robotics. It, I'm, I'm just very interested in what goes on there with the office. Sure. Um, so it's an interesting time for Vecna Robotics. Um, we received our Series B round of funding at the beginning of the year. And with that, we've been growing the team. Um, obviously, we've had this, um, you know, kind of black swan event happen, um, you know, globally. Um, and, and that has been um, interesting for us, both in terms of the, the trajectory of the company and also of our industry that we serve, right? So we're doing, um, we're making automation and AI solutions for warehouse and logistics supply chain automation. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been an interesting year to watch supply chain go from kind of 
um, an industry that many people, uh, consumers, you know, take for granted to something where all of a sudden, you know, these are our essential workers and they're our superheroes. They're getting us the supplies that we need, we need them. They're getting, um, you know, um, medical supplies to hospitals. They're getting groceries to our parents. Um, and so, um, you know, from the marketing side, it's been, it's been um, really kind of satisfying to serve that market, right? And so I think, you know, for me, my, my primary question around my role is how can marketing better serve? So how am I serving my industry? How am I getting the information to the people you know, who could benefit from these solutions. Um, so, so that's kind of been, you know, I've kind of taken this question and made it into more of like a, a bigger picture. Um, that's uh, okay. So how are you, you getting the word out? How are you better, if you will, serving your, your customers, your constituents? Are you doing anything different because of the pandemic? Are you using different channels? Are you using a lot of email, social media. What has yeah, changed I mean, in the last six to eight months? Sure, so, so we're doing um, multi-channel marketing. We've got our traditional media, right, our, our PR. Um, and then we're doing a lot on LinkedIn. So um, our shutdown happened the day that we came back from our biggest trade show of the year. And you know, from there, we realized that the impact we had already felt the impact at that trade show um, and that for the rest of the year, we needed to pivot quickly and we needed to figure out where our listeners would be, uh, where our audience is and how do we reach them. So LinkedIn kind of became, you know, where we, where we focus the most. And of course, LinkedIn's a great platform, but then how do you use it? So mm -hmm. we've been, um, you know, using LinkedIn ads. Um, we've been dabbling in, um, in videos and, yep putting a lot of more kind of authentic type um, uh, images and posts out there um, to connect with people on, uh, on a human level. And then I think from, from a messaging standpoint, we've also um, been you know, asking ourselves, okay, what are, our, what are the challenges that our customers are facing and how do we provide them um, the, the messaging so they understand our solution can help them right now? So, um, so we built some campaigns around messaging like that. So what exactly does Vecna Robotics provide? I'm guessing it has something to do with robots or robotic something. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me and, and anybody who's listening and watching, um, we're, we're touching upon your marketing. I, I'd love to hear more about LinkedIn, but what type of messaging to support what it is exactly that you do. Tell, tell us, you know, elevate a pitch with regard to Vecna Robotics. Sure. Um, so we provide um, automated material handling equipment. So that's like your forklifts, your center riders, um, uh, tow tractors. Um, so high capacity material handling equipment. Um, and it's automated. Is it too literal of me to picture a robot? Is it not robots? It's, it's just, it's automated 
like you say, forklifts, automated, mm -hmm. what have you. Yeah, so they're, they're self, self-driving vehicles, essentially. Oh, my God. That's, that's pretty cool to think of. It's yeah. not the robot when I go to stop and shop that, that walks around or moves around beeping and supposed to, I guess, clean up uh, if somebody drops something. It's not those kind of robots. It's, it it's self-driving. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so your customers are? Um, so our customers are um, warehouses, distribution centers, um, sortation hubs, um, and it's across a number of different verticals um, from, you know, retail to grocery to... So it could be stop and shop back in their warehouse, for instance. It could be in, in more of like a distribution yep. center, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's B2B, a B2B audience, correct? That's right. Versus B2C. Um, LinkedIn would be the place I can imagine um, to be talking to them. You mentioned video. Tell, tell us about types of video. Describe, if you don't mind, a typical video campaign or, or post that you might put out there. I do a lot of video. I don't know if it's sim similar to what, what you're doing. Are you demonstrating the use of the products? Are you having people talk like yourself in the video or the CEO? What, what, how's that all work? Yeah, so um, it kind of started because October is Manufacturing Month. And so the, the purpose of Manufacturing Month is to educate young people on um, career opportunities within manufacturing in the United States. Um, and so we were like, it would be really cool to do a series of short video clips of our uh, VP of Manufacturing um, just to kind of, you know, get the word out and, and you know, um, kind of support our, our um, uh, corporate social responsibility endeavors um, around education. And so we did our first interview and, um, and Brian, who's our VP, he just nailed it. He was awesome. Um, and so we took this hour long interview and we cut it up into little segments and we've been issuing it out over the course of the month. Um, and so from there, we had the idea, you know, geez, everybody here is so great at what they do and, and they're so animated and excited. Um, how can we bottle that up and put it out there? So, um, so we've actually started to, uh, to make this a thing that, you know, once a month, we're going to sit down with one person and we're going to, you know, interview them for an hour and then we're going to take it and cut it up and make it into clips. Amanda, I love that. You and I talked again off, offline, if you will, before I hit record. I do a ton of videos. I've been preaching to my clients and whoever will listen or watch that videos where it's at. People, it's the next best thing to be in there. It's, it's uh, every brand now, they used to say as a publisher, well, every brand now is in the radio and TV business, if you will, where we're doing mm -hmm. podcasts, we're, we're broadcasting, we're, we're taking people behind the scenes, and we're discovering, as you have in Brian, it sounds like people who are great in front of the camera and they can help you, your brand, get in front of an audience that perhaps is exponentially greater than the audience you were reaching before because it's video and because video is credible, video is believable, people then like the person in front of the camera they start to trust the company, they feel like they know the company, and then they're more likely to do business with the company. So I applaud Brian, I applaud you, I applaud Beckner Robotics for, for going in that direction. 
are you getting good response? Are you getting engagement? Are people clicking through to your website? Have you been able to measure the success, if you will, of, of any of these ads, videos, campaigns? Yeah, the ads, it's actually interesting. So we're, um, we're using a couple of different um, channels for the advertisements. Um, LinkedIn is one. Uh, we're doing retargeting ads um, for any folks that hit our site. Um, and then we have a, a relationship with a, a material handling industry um, organization who is running retargeting ads for us as well. And when you look at the data, it's interesting to see how it stacks up. Um, and some of the, the work that we've done with our partner in the material handling space, um, those ads have actually done much better, almost two times better than anything that we've put out by ourselves. Um, and so that just goes to show, you know, you got to know where your audience is and make sure that you're hitting them, um, you know, where they're spending their time. Do you have, if you don't mind me asking, a, a big team internally? Are you outsourcing some of this or is it all on your shoulders? How are you getting all this work done? That's a great question. Um, so I currently have a team of, um, so myself, uh, two other full-time uh, uh, um, people, and then also one intern who is part-time. She was full-time over the summer, um, and then she's gone to part-time when she went back to school. Um, so we're, we're a small team, um, and we're shouldering a lot, but um, we're also having a lot of fun while we're doing it. That is awesome. And, and I believe in having fun while, while you work. I mean, I think if people are happy and having fun, they're going to be more productive and, and effective on the job. So, so good for you. It sounds like it's a great corporate culture there at Beckner Robotics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a cult culture that really encourages you to um, experiment and take risks. So, um, I love that. you know, in that light, it's been also really fun to um, to look at all the tools at our disposal and, um, and to pick and choose what we want to do and how we want to do it. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've played a little bit with AB testing. Um, we've played with some, some new tools um, and, you know, specifically this foray into uh, uh, digital ads has been a new thing for all of us and we're all learning as we do it. You're in the office. I mentioned it already. It, it, it's clear. Mm -hmm. pretty much that uh, you're in an office environment. Is the whole company back? How, how has that worked? What happened? You said, you mentioned shutdown, I'm guessing early March, late February, mid-March. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly when you guys made the pivot, but what did the pivot entail? Did you, everyone go work from home and gradually come back? T tell us about that journey. Um, yeah, so everybody worked from home except for our own essential workers. So um, because we are in, um, you know, we're supplying, um, you know, 3PLs, third-party logistics providers and um, medical supply companies with robots, we uh -huh. were essential. So our manufacturing team continued to come in. Um, obviously we put in place some new um, parameters for safety and health and well-being um, for those who were coming in. Um, but everybody else was encouraged to work from home. Um, as we've gone through the phases of reopening, um, they have, uh, the, the leadership team that is, has um, allowed us to come back um, 
on a limited basis, on a full-time basis. It's really whatever we're most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. and, um, again, that all is with the additional precautions of you know cleaning your desk daily, um, wearing a mask when you're in common spaces. You had a mask on when you first turned on the camera today. I did. I, <laughs> I did. thought you were going to do the whole interview with that mask on. <laughs> <laughs> you had just come from a public place, from yes. where others were. Yep. You're yep. taking it seriously. You're like at your when desk, you can take your mask off, and then if you leave your space, um, then you're requested to wear a mask. Of course, of course. Um, yep. Wearing a mask whenever I'm, I'm outside and can't social distance and Frankly, I get frustrated when I see people not wearing a mask when they should be. So mm -hmm. I was really happy to see you wearing a mask. I think that, that that's how to do it. And the company's doing it right in terms of taking all the necessary precautions. And it sounds like your company of all companies would know what the guidelines are, because as you said, you're, you're actually considered essential workers. Mm -hmm. so, so kudos and props. I mean, that means you guys are especially valuable in providing especially valuable services. Yeah, and it's, it's, that's also been something that has continued to motivate me um, through this whole time, is just knowing that we are actually having a direct impact on, um, on healthcare. Yeah, well that, you know, listen, I think I was candid with my audience that we haven't met in person, haven't talked, is that true until today? And, mm -hmm. and you know what, I say, that's the benefit of having a podcast. So again, this is marketing I talk about and podcasting can be marketing. The benefits of having this podcast, I get to know people and I get to connect with people and learn so much about them. So I can't encourage anybody who, for personal or professional reasons, who has any tendency, inclination, desire, wish, thoughts of starting a podcast, do it. Because I meet so many fascinating people such as yourself, Amanda, and I'm learning about a company I actually did not know much about until today. And I hope we have tons of listeners and watchers who say, wow, Vecna Robotics, look what they do. And, mm -hmm. and you're a great brand spokesperson and, and you should be proud of everything that you guys are doing there. We talked about LinkedIn. I'm real partial to social media in general. I do a ton of Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, et cetera. Have to ask, are you guys dabbling on other social media channels? If so, which ones, how's it going? What are you doing? That kind of thing. So um, yes and no. We, we use um, SharpSpring as our marketing automation platform and we use that to schedule out all of our uh, LinkedIn posts. And because it's easy, we also post concurrently to Twitter and Facebook. Um, we haven't put a lot of uh, effort behind expanding and um, interacting, I suppose, on those platforms. LinkedIn is really where we do most of our kind of, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one communications with folks who are interacting with the brand. Um, and then the next big thing for us will be YouTube. I mean, we're in uh, a robotics, um, you know, office space with robots in the showroom, robots downstairs being built. It's very highly visual. Um, lots of movement. So it only makes sense that we would start to produce more video um, showing what we're up to, showing what the new products are, um, and kind of really showcasing um, the, the features um, there. Uh, where we are such a new marketing team, we're trying to really 
know and own LinkedIn before we start to branch into other areas. So that's been also kind of a strategic decision to focus on one channel before we start branching out. I, I applaud the strategy. I, I understand it totally in that, you know, yeah, if that's where your audience is primarily master that platform, excel there and branch out gradually. Coincidentally, I have a video in the queue that's gonna be all about getting on social media as a human, the personal mm. touch, because I do believe a ton in automation because it keeps you present on a consistent basis. You can be sending out content without actually being there, if you will. I think the personal touch is where you're going to find you're going to get a, a possibly bigger bang for your buck because you jump in there manually and do some real time. And I'm making this up, but like, hey, you know, Amanda Byer, our marketing communications director is uh, doing a podcast today. Stay tuned. We'll be sharing the latest episode. You know, timely, more real time stuff. Uh, I, have you ever experimented? It all with that, you know, getting someone, I don't know, participating in a Twitter chat or doing something live or, you know, in the moment, hey, I'm just going to jump on Twitter and talk about what, what's going on at the office today. Um, you know, who is great at that is um, our mutual friend, Rebecca ah, Arts. Yes. <laughs> what episode so I, was that that you spoke with her? I set you up for that one. Then. I know. <laughs> yes, Rebecca is our mutual friend. She recommended I talk to you and look where we are now on, um, on this podcast. So, so she's great at that. Yes. So she is great at that. Um, she has brought in her selfie stick and her iPhone tripod and her iPhone gimbal. Um, and so we, um, I did not know. I had no idea really. I, <laughs> I just knew she's a mutual friend. I didn't know she was doing that with you. Or well, with so, the company. so we haven't done a whole lot of it. Um, but we have encouraged members of the sales team to do that. So for example, um, one of my colleagues, a vet who is um, the sales manager for the food and bev industry, um, she was giving a webinar and in advance of the webinar, she did a quick little promo video that her husband filmed of her um, okay. in her home. She had a yeah. mug of tea and she said, I just made myself some tea and I wanted to invite you to this thing that's happening in a couple hours. Why don't you come and hang out with me? And just the authenticity and yep. her in that moment. Um, Love that. Really made it so much more human. You felt like there was a connection there. I love that. It, yeah, you, you said it. Because Rebecca was the one who recommended it. <laughs> well, kudos to Rebecca. Um, the authenticity, the transparency, the extemporaneousness, you know, the immediacy, mm -hmm. the, the hallmarks of some of the social media activity where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. You, you keep, you keep the lights on, you keep, you know, you have that pulse on social media by automating and scheduling, but add that personality, that real time, authentic, genuine voice. Geez, if it's video, even better, you know, that's where you're going to really put the, the face on the brand. And the, uh, this is what I always say, face on the brand, a smile on your face. <laughs> you guys are rocking it. I'm, I'm extremely impressed because it sounds, again, what you just said ties into or 
to me, corroborates you get a great corporate culture because it sounds like you have the freedom, if you want, to do some of that real-time social media, to experiment, have a little fun, just be yourself. If, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. As long as it's it tied in with the brand and brand voice, et cetera. Absolutely. Um, and you know, the funny thing is, um, uh, Rebecca and I met at that trade show um, that I mentioned, that was kind of the last trade show before we all went into shutdown. Um, and at that time she wasn't working for us, but, um, she came into the, the trade show booth and she said, Hey, can I, can we do a LinkedIn video? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, but she pulled out her selfie stick and there we were saying, Hey, um, the trade show floor. And that's kind of where our, our relationship kind of took off. Well, I think I met her a year, year and a half ago at an AMA Boston event. I was president for two years of AMA Boston. I, pretty sure that's how we met. And she was on my podcast about a year ago when we could actually see people in person and, mm-hmm. and have coffee, uh, you know, less than six feet away from each other. And, and um, yeah, she's fantastic. She's amazing. Um, you know, I said on my podcast, we did a video. I don't know if she was a guest on my podcast. I think she was. So I remember doing a video with her that day. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she was a guest on my podcast. I, yeah, she, I, I listened to it. Yeah, yeah. So of course she was. <laughs> we also did a video, though. I remember doing a video at that coffee shop, and it sounds like something similar to to what you and she did, where you know we just talked candidly. Let me ask about your own use of social media. So, again, I didn't do a ton of homework for today's mm-hmm. conversation, and so I'm curious. I don't know. Are you using Twitter? Are you using Instagram? Are you are you uh, rocking? the social media scene, if you will. Um, so, so this, I've never really put it that way, but <laughs> <laughs> are you taking full advantage of what, what's out there on social media and enjoying it and, and using it for business or personal reasons? Um, I am not using it to the extent that I would like to. Um, the biggest step that I took this year was I went out and I got myself a professional headshot. <laughs> okay. But I think I'm looking at it right now on my second monitor. I have your LinkedIn page up, your profile. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, awesome picture. Awesome LinkedIn you. profile. Yeah. And you got a little um, bit of the wellness, I think, incorporated into the background photo. Am I right? The, that's that? right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is part of your brand, your personal brand. Right. Um, and so, so that was kind of like my, my saying to myself, okay, I need to own my identity on social media. Um, and so, you know, just getting the picture just felt like a big refresh and it felt like I could start to participate. Um, and what's interesting is, um, I was just listening to, uh, Dory Clark who gave a presentation, um, for, um, the material handling industry marketing professionals group last week. Um, Dory Clark is, is fabulous. She's, um, author of several books. Um, but one of the things that she said that struck me was social media gives everyone the ability to control the narrative about themselves. Yeah. Yep. And I, you know, that kind of put it in a different way for me that I hadn't really previously considered. Um, and then she also said, you know, it's, it's great if you're posting about your company and what your company's doing. But 
you can't just be the company man, right? You have to be yourself as well. Yes. So, you know, one of my personal goals for 2021, because um, I go through a, a goal setting for myself every um, December or so. Love that, as do I, yep. Um, and, and one of my goals is to define my noise bubble um, for, for LinkedIn. Um, and to and to become more involved, to put my ideas out there um, more proactively, and to kind of strike a balance between being the company man and also being Amanda Buyer. Um, so that's that's what's next, I think, for me as far as personal brand. Um, I also use Instagram, but it's just pictures of my dog and cat. <laughs> That's okay. That's what a lot of people use Instagram for. You're making some good points, Amanda. You, first of all, I haven't heard the term noise bubble. I love that. Is that your presence on social media? Is that a term? Yeah, those I, are like the things that you care about that you talk about. Then, then I have a noise bubble. I probably have a lot of noise bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's one way of, of, you know, kind of honing in on, of course, you know, we are multidimensional, right? And we're, we're, passionate, you know, multi-passionate to use a yes. Borleo term. Um, so we can be that, but also by defining your noise bubble kind of helps your, um, your audience to, I don't want to say, you know, categorize or categorize you in a pigeonhole kind of way, but to, but to know what you're about. Yes. And to know that they can go to you for certain pieces of you know, certain kinds of insights. You're an expert in certain fields, yep. right? So, so that's, that's what well, I go to a noise bubble for. As I said, and as you talk about it, I haven't used the term necessarily in social media. We do create word or keyword bubbles occasionally when we do analysis on a client before taking them on or throughout the process. What keywords, what topics are they talking about? Should they be talking about? You know, we turn them into hashtags occasionally. So, mm -hmm. so to personalize that, we're talking about us as individuals. We, yeah, we all have a noise bubble. I love that. Um, and you were saying about LinkedIn getting more active mm -hmm. next year or, or starting whenever. Next mm -hmm. year's almost here. Um, I think that's great. I, you know, noise bubble, I call it personal brand. And I guess within that personal brand, you have that noise bubble keeping it real, whoever, was it Dory Clark? You, Dory Clark, yep. Dory Clark, agree with her totally, meaning be yourself. That more than ever is, first of all, I mean, it makes total sense, um, but it wasn't allowed as much, say, a decade or two ago, certainly in the thick of my career in the you know, 90s and, and, and early 2000s, it was so much, convention we had to follow. That is why I embraced social media early on. I started my blog in 2004. Haven't looked back because the hallmark of good social media is, is just being yourself. And mm -hmm. now companies are starting to get it and, and realizing, and you know, part of me is sad that it took them so long and they're only doing it necessarily because it's good for business. But part of me is really happy because now more and more our professional and personalized uh, uh, blending. Mm -hmm. And that is a little more 
re relaxing. Um, one more quick thing, because it just popped into my internal noise bubble. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn, you said you're gonna get more active. I literally was on um, a Zoom call earlier today training a client um, and, and some of their folks on LinkedIn. And there was a stat I had that only 1%, this was a stat from a third party source, and I forget the source, 1% um, of people in general who are on LinkedIn, only 1% post content once a week. And I said to them, you wanna be that 1%, you actually wanna be the 1% of the 1%. The more content you share, the more you're going to stand out and, and rise mm -hmm. to the top and and it's going to benefit you as a personal brand and it's going to benefit in your case Vecna Robotics because you're a fantastic reflection of the company and a spokesperson representative so kudos to you for having that as one of your goals yeah I, I also just guess I've I've crossed a threshold also in um, in owning my voice in a way. Um, I think that I've always kind of tried to blend into the background um, and to help the company put its best foot forward. But I think that I've realized that, you know, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a contributor to this team as well. And that I'm also, you know, an individual who, who contributes to that whole persona. So, so what can I do to also um, help to advance not only the company, but, you know, empower those around me um it's a win-win amanda yeah and and not that i was multitasking but a few minutes ago when when i we were talking about rebecca um i had to look up i have my podcast app on my phone i don't know if you can see this um but she's here it, it's there's a glare <laughs> a few words with rebecca lennertz on february 24 2020 did she appear Oops, well, on that show, Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Whoa, <laughs> that was my theme song. <laughs> By the way, you'll be one of the episodes next week. Um, that's what we're exciting. recording right now. This is so cool, so cool. How's that for like a meta moment? Love me. I know, that's like Bob Cargill in stereo. <laughs> Probably too much of me. Um, <laughs> let me segue uh, to let me ask you a question about this. I hope I'm not throwing you a curveball outside of Vecna Robotics, outside of what you do and personally, but marketing related, any brands, businesses, people that you want to cite as, as good examples who either do great marketing or you saw a great ad or you follow on social media. You mentioned mm -hmm. Dory Clark influencers, anybody you want to talk about any company you want to talk about. So maybe I'm a predictable millennial here, but um, Gary V. Yeah, Gary V is awesome. Gary Vaynerchuk. He's like my spirit animal. He's so fun. I love him. Um, I think some of the things he talks about just like are so spot on. And, and again, like if you want to talk about noise bubble, he has very defined noise bubbles that mm -hmm. he just over and over and over again. You follow um, him, you can't escape him once you start following him. <laughs> And he's everywhere. He's yes, I mean, his platform. bubbles pop up everywhere. <laughs> um, I love him, too. I don't like that he swears so much. Other than that, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't dare um, swear like that. In private, maybe, but not in public. <laughs> but he is awesome. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk is awesome. He, he, we owe a lot to him for motivating 
and it's funny you say typical millennial well, i'm a baby boomer and i love gary v and you know he's motivated me and inspired me imagine how many people he has inspired to be like their right. own you know and i tell people don't be gary v be yourself but right. use, use him to inspire you but go ahead right. i didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought there no that's gary great. V, absolutely though um, I also love uh, Marie Forleo. I think we've already mentioned her. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've... Really? Marie Florio? Forleo. Forleo. I don't think I know her. Oh, you've got to look her up. Okay. She's awesome. Marie, so, you owe it to Amanda. Do you know... Um, the drop in your name. You know the... the it's called uh, Poopery. <laughs> Oh, I actually, yeah, without going into further detail, I do, I do know about that. Did she like invent she, that? So she founded that company. Wow. And she, you know, she's a young serial entrepreneur and her whole thing is like, you have to fail. You have to fail yeah. and get up and try again and try again and try again. And, um, Amanda, I'm so jealous by the way, like, you know, I have kids, you know, probably, you know, well, my stepchildren are around your age. Um, not that I know your age, but you're 10 years out of UMass or so, right? UMass Amherst? A little bit more. <laughs> 12 years, 13, 14 years out of there. Anyways, my stepchildren are around your age. My kids are younger. Um, but what I'm saying, I'm jealous of younger people in general because the culture has changed. Because, you know, in other words, you know, people can be more themselves nowadays. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And in business, it's now supported if not encouraged so good for your generation good for the you know gen z which is after you as a millennial right mm -hmm. um so kids my stepkids age my kids age your age bracket i applaud all of you because you have ushered in some new changes that and by the way i think you know I'm, i've written a book a draft of a book and it goes over some of this because i in 35 plus years it's only the last 10 or 15 years i have felt the elation that I really do feel about work. And it's because corporate culture has finally changed. And I think it's young people who have changed it. So it was a long way of just saying, uh, we're on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. And people like Gary Vee and Marie Forleo um, and others, I mean, you know, even, even on kind of like a grander scale, you have Tony Robbins and you have Ray Dalio. Yep. All of these people have kind of opened up this arena in which to be vulnerable. Brene Brown, she's another. Yep, I do know um, her, yep. yep. And, and I think that um, younger generations, and even, you know, I look at the new wave of talent coming into our organization, and I'm just, I'm floored by how mature and how, yep. how self-possessed um, these young people are. Um, but again, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of, of giants here because without these others in this sphere saying, hey, listen, I've failed, but then I've also succeeded. And if I didn't fail, I wouldn't have learned what I learned. You have great leadership, I can tell. Your leaders, and you are a leader. And what you said about the people that are coming in that are newer to the industry, literally younger than you, mm -hmm. I, you feel about them the way I feel about you. So know that, <laughs> meaning, I look at people like you and I say, wow, look at, you know, all this knowledge and expertise and it's the attitude. Again, when I said I'm jealous, trust me, back in the 80s and the 90s, business did not embrace 
not even close to half of what we're talking about, meaning vulnerability, transparency, authenticity, being yourselves, you know, work-life balance. It wasn't like that back in the day. So these are good, these are great days to be working and, and you know, marketing and, you know, personally for me, I thank social media for some of this because I think it's, it's connected us more. It's allowed us to express ourselves more. And my advice to my clients, I'm always saying, just be yourselves, blend the personal with the professional. That's what endears you to others. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to mm -hmm. make them feel better about you because they know mm -hmm. you better. They don't feel they're being sold to by, by someone. You think you mentioned snake oil earlier. If you didn't, you know, it's some snake oil per, you know, person selling snake oil. They, they get to know you and, and they get to know you and they trust you and they know we're all in this together. You know, we're just trying to help. We're not trying to sell. Mm -hmm. We're trying to help you if you... Mm -hmm think our products, our services will help you. We're here to in turn help show you how to use them, how to mm -hmm. improve your business, grow your business. We're all in this together. Right. Absolutely. I went off on a tangent, didn't I? No, it was, <laughs> but it was a beautiful tangent. <laughs> we happen to do that occasionally. Um, <laughs> let me, um, you know, I do have a few questions written down. I'm getting towards the end of those questions. So we're, we're approaching when we're going to wind this thing down. You said you didn't have a hard stop, so I may keep you over time, if, if you okay. will. What are some of the qualities and characteristics, it's like a SAT question, um, of some of the best marketers and social media people and business people? What qualities and characteristics do you think? But let's start with marketing are essential to success? So I think that you said it yourself at the very beginning of this. You said you live, work, and play marketing. And I think play is a critical piece of it. For, for, you know, for marketing, a lot of it is testing your assumptions and seeing what works. Um, of course, there's always the, the data piece of it, but usually that comes on the back end. So with all of the tools that we have at our disposal, you have to kind of maintain this, this suspended curiosity and just say, well, I don't know how to use it today, but maybe it could be useful for us. I don't know. Let's try it out. Let's see what works. Um, and I think that doing that with an element of of play um, is what makes this job so fun and exciting to me. I'm talking to a future CEO. <laughs> about that. Maybe you can start with CMO, but you're, you know, chief marketing <laughs> officer, chief executive officer, one step after another up the corporate ladder. Amanda, you are, you know, it's so profound and, and spot on with some of what you, a lot, if not all of what you're sharing with me. Um, a couple more questions. Okay. Where do you think marketing social media is heading in the future? What direction are we going in? Any, any radical predictions, anything you are thinking? You said you do your, your, your goals for the new year. Well, how about some predictions for the new year? Uh-oh. So I told you at the beginning of this, I just came out of another webinar where we talked about um, how this year proves that you cannot predict the future. <laughs> so, ah, yeah. 
know if so I, I predict that nothing can be predicted. All right, predict the unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, this year was terrible, wasn't it? It has been. Maybe it'll get it, better before we know it, but somehow it I don't think been, so. <laughs> it, I mean, certainly it has presented its challenges to a large subset of our population. Um, and I think unilaterally, I think individuals have suffered from, um, you know, distance, like actual social distance. I know. Creatures. Um, but I do think that this year has presented, you know, within, within the devastation and the heartache, I think it's also presented its opportunities. Um, and, you know, again, just kind of referencing back to that last webinar I was just on with um, a couple of analysts, they talked about um, how for our industry, it forced what they had predicted would happen in 2023 and 2024 to accelerate and to happen in 2020. So three to four years mm. ahead of where we would have been as an industry. Um, and yeah. so I, I think that may be similar here within the marketing world. A silver lining, it's advanced the pace of technology in a good way because we've learned that we can't take technology for granted. We got to keep our, we got to learn it and, and leverage it. And it's kind of saved the day these last six months. Mm -hmm. We also, I think, have learned to appreciate the opposite and that's in-person uh, contact and, and mm -hmm. hugs and, and, and interaction and, and, you know, hugs with our family and interaction with our colleagues. You know, my mom's 89, lives alone. I haven't hugged her since, you know, February, you know, before the pandemic. I remember yeah. the first time my wife and I went over there when the pandemic struck and we said, mom, we can't, you know, come in. And, you know, we can't, I think we came in that first time because we delivered groceries and we said, you got to stay way, way back. And then we stepped outside and ever since we've only, we, we, if we do bring the groceries, although she's getting them now on her own, we, we say, you know, we'll put that, you come outside, we'll put them in the kitchen. Um, yeah. We've only met her outside in the backyard and we worry about the winter because it's going to get cold. We're going to, we think meet, meet in the garage, but where I'm going with this <laughs> um, is we, God, have we learned to appreciate, you know, family and friends, mm -hmm. colleagues, and, and I think when we all get back together, it's going to be one big party celebration. Yeah. Back to technology and marketing, but yes, it's, it's increased the, the speed of adoption of technology. Social media stats are social media usage is up. And I think we're going to stick with post-pandemic, you know, probably some remote working and learning and, and more Zoom calls, but find the happy medium, you know. Right. Maybe we don't have to go into the office like I did most of my career early and stay late. Maybe, you know, we can mix it up, not have so much traffic on the road, see more yeah. of our family. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's going to be a leveling out effect um, we'll be able to choose where we work from. Um, and, you know, I mean, even things like, um, like events, we're coming up on a product launch, um, 
in just three weeks, I think. Um, and so, you know, we've had to think about, well, geez, if we can't have people come in from the outside, then how do we bring this product to the rest of the world? And so, you know, using technologies like live, right? Like, mm -hmm. so we're going to be on a live platform, um, handling Q's and A's as they come in. Um, and that's something brand new for us. And we never would have tried it otherwise. I love that. And, and, and again, a silver lining for me personally, or should I say professionally, it's brought more attention to what I do for a living. You know, social media is most of what I do. I do some teaching. I do some traditional copywriting, traditional marketing. But a lot of people now are saying, hey, how do I use Twitter? How do I use LinkedIn? How do I go live? How do I do a podcast? And, you know, I love that because I say, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, this is kind of what I've been telling you all along. The pandemic kind of proved, hey, we all got to learn this. Like, like you say, um, there's going to be some good things that come out of it. Hopefully sooner rather than later, we can put this pandemic behind us. Um, sometime in 2021 is, I think, uh, realistic thinking, uh, maybe right. halfway through the year. Um, anything else totally open-ended I haven't asked that you want to say to anybody who's watching and listening? And I should say everybody who's watching and listening. Oh boy. Um, no, I think, I think we covered a lot of, a lot of ground. <laughs> That's what we do here yeah. <laughs> on Bob Cargill's marketing show. No, I, again, I try to keep to marketing and social media and business, but I do get personally occasionally thinking about my mom every two weeks we visit and mm -hmm. she's, she's worried about what we're going to do for Thanksgiving. Literally my wife and I are planning to have Thanksgiving in my mom's garage. You know, oh, wow. yeah, it's the only way, you know, she's 89. We can't take chances. Yeah. Um, we're not going to go in the house. Um, you know, we, we wear a mask unless we're six feet or more away, but yeah. we're going to bring her dinner and, and sit in her garage. And we, we suggested my wife and I sit on the back deck and my mom in the house. And she didn't like the, that idea, you know, <laughs> with her having the door open to the deck. She said, no, you're not going to sit outside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I digress. I'm thinking about my mom. Um, I've been thinking you? about the holidays too. I don't know what we're going to do either. Everyone's trying to figure that out. It's yeah. becoming a big topic. Yeah. Right. I tried to buy my parents a, uh, uh, one of those heat heater lamps and they yeah. were on order for weeks. I've heard they were in because demand. I was looking in, in early September and they were on back order until mid November. Wow. So. It's interesting you tell me that because I like to sit outside in the good weather and, and into the evening hours when it's light. And I told my wife I wanted to get one of those that I see at restaurants. I think that's what you're talking about. Right, they, exactly. Yep. Yeah, because I, I, I said, I'm indoors all day on Zoom. I don't commute anywhere. Um, I'm, you know, I get out for my runs, but I've said I'd love to sit out there at night and with a little light and a little heat and maybe through the winter. I don't know. I'm dreaming, but it's going to be tough for all of us. It has been, but we'll get through it. Cross fingers, say our prayers. We'll get through all of this. Exactly. We'll come out stronger. Absolutely. Amanda, tell people how, if they want to reach out to you either individually or to Vecna Robotics, any URLs, any Twitter handles, et cetera, that you want to share. Yeah. Um, go ahead and, and find us on LinkedIn or at um, VecnaRobotics.com. Um, if you'd like to reach out to me directly, I'm also on LinkedIn. It's Amanda Bayer, B-A-I-E-R. 
and I will happily uh, look for your, your messages. Amanda, you have been a ridiculously awesome guest. I really, really appreciate your time. And I think we're close to, or a little bit over an hour. That's a good long conversation. I will be sharing it next week, probably, um, no later than that, sometime next week on YouTube, social media, wherever you listen to podcasts, both audio and video versions. And between you and I, we'll promote the heck out of this show, won't we? So we'll have hundreds, thousands, hey, maybe even millions of listeners and watching, watches, who knows? Excellent. Folks, this has been Bob Cargill along with Amanda Beyer, Bob Cargill's marketing show. I thank you very, very much, Amanda, for your time. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. You're most it's been welcome. fun. It has been, hasn't it? We'll have to do it again sometime. Maybe, maybe you, me, and Rebecca will talk. Uh, that would be fun. Yeah, all together. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, or, or we'll, hey, really optimistically thinking we'll have coffee or a drink together in person once this pandemic is behind us. But anyway. Let's do it. Yes. Amanda, thank you so much. Anybody who's listening, or should I say everybody who's listening and watching, thanks for tuning in. And I will be back to you, back at it with another episode soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.